Today, children everywhere are making preparations for an event of world-shaking significance, the annual visit of Santa Claus. Informed sources report legions of junior citizens are making monumental efforts not to cry and not to bout. Meanwhile, letters by the thousands have been flooding postal facilities at the North Pole. Way before Disney and Marvel teamed up to create the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a small team known for massive hits had a ludo universe of their own. And it's safe to say that there would be no Christmas time without the magic of Rankin and Bass. <sighs> this is the story of Santa Claus's coming to town and the year without a Santa Claus. This is Toys for Us. Ho 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 ho! Merry Christmas! All my Hello. Hello. And welcome back to the Toys R Us podcast, your weekly history lesson into the past of what made the things that made you who you are when you didn't even know who you were. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me as always is my cousin and co-host, Brian Muth. Hey, everybody. Brian. Yes, sir. To say that Rankin Bass being a part of Christmas would be speaking an undeniable truth. Oh, man. Dude, so much of our past hinges on Rankin Bass. Like... Most Christmas properties yeah. are Rankin Bass. Yeah. You know? I mean, to say iconic would be an understatement. Yeah. And while last year we covered Rudolph, this year we'll be talking about my personal two favorite Rankin Bass films Santa Claus is Coming to Town and The Year Without a Santa Claus. Perfect. Which not many people know is a direct sequel to Santa Claus is Coming to Town. See? I didn't even know that. Yeah. That being said, are you ready to dive in? I'm only ready to dive in if we're not going to talk about the really crappy uh, Bruce Springsteen version of the song Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Now, I'm biased because I have nostalgic memory tied to that song. Do you? When I was in Boy Scouts, yeah. I had to do a Christmas skit. Okay. Okay, and at that point... I was like 10 or 11. Yeah. I'm I'm starting to be a chunky kid, right? Yeah. So, obviously, I'm the A1 choice for Santa Claus. Naturally. Okay. Two or three other guys in my group, for whatever reason, dress up as the Blues Brothers to perform <laughs> Bruce Springsteen's <laughs> version of the song. Okay. And I come out as Santa Claus mm-hmm. and do, like, the Who slide onto the stage. Nice. With a fake saxophone. <laughs> To do Clarence's part. Okay. So, anytime I hear that song, I'm just immediately taken back. Back to the past. Ah, man. Good times. 
See, the the only reason why I don't really care for it, it sounds like he's pushing through a fucking hernia. Oh, yeah. When, oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. Oh, who does number two work for? <laughs> yeah. Santa Claus Golden. Okay. All right. All righty, then. Yes. Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. We start our story in 1933. Not with Rankin Bass, but with two different men. Ooh. Haven Gillespie and J. Fred Coots. On a New York subway car while traveling to a music publisher's office. Gillespie, known for his children's songwriting talent, charged Coots with coming up with a children's Christmas tune. And Coots jotted the melody and the lyrics down on an envelope before reaching the publisher's office. Targeted at kids, the songwriters were frustrated at their inability to get it recorded and sold. Record labels thought the appeal to be too narrow to be successful. And how wrong they were. So they sent it to the Nightmare Fuel-inspiring Eddie Cantor. Oh, no! (laughs) Yes. He was given the new Christmas song to sing for his radio audience in 1934. I just came back from a lovely trip along the Milky Way. I stopped off at the North Pole to spend a holiday. I called on dear old Santa Claus to see what I could see. He took me to his workshop and told his plans to me. So you better watch out, you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice. Gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. The season is near for happiness time. Gotta bring cheer with every last dime. Santa Claus is coming to town. We've gotta dig deep and cover the list. Gotta see that nobody is missed. Santa Claus is coming to town. Let's keep the home fires burning. Let's give without a pause. Let's prove to those less fortunate that there is a Santa Claus. All the joy will be yours, that wonderful day, knocking on doors and shouting hooray. Santa Claus is coming to town. Mm. Santa Claus is Coming to Town became the big hit of Christmas 1934. Radio audiences went wild for the song, and requests for sheet music were off the charts. What followed from Cantor's radio show would eventually make millionaires of Haven and Gillespie. It became an instant hit with over 500,000 copies of sheet music and more than 30,000 records sold within 24 hours. Holy fuck! Yeah. And that is like, what, 1933 you said? 1934. So imagine, like, this is like... That's like Star Wars money. At Recovering that from the Great Depression. Yeah. They're like, they finally got money back. Let me throw this money at this sheet music. Yeah, let's just 
Oh, man, that's wild. Oh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah. You better watch out. (laughs) Through the 1950s and 60s, the song kept coming back. It was recorded, it seemed, by nearly everyone. Elvis, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Johnny Mathis, Andy Williams, Sammy Davis Jr., and scores of others took it on and made it their own. And it never fell from the Christmas spotlight. The song took on new life in 1970 when it was animated in a production by Rankin Bass. The special became an expanded version of the story of Santa Claus. Special Delivery, S.D., Kluger, the mailman, voiced by and resembling Fred Astaire, who is actually a reoccurring Rankin Bass character. That's true. He's in Easter Bunny's Coming to Town. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, is introduced after a newsreel prologue, telling how children around the world are preparing for Christmas and Santa Claus's arrival. When his snowmobile slash mail truck breaks down, he tells the story of Santa Claus, answering the children's letter to Santa. The story begins in the gloomy city of Sombertown. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of town. Yeah. Rode by the abusive and ill-tempered mayor, Burgermeister Meisterberger. That guy's a royal dick. Voiced by Paul Fries. Oh. Hmm. Well, then. Uh... Yeah, he is a big time. Big time. Big time. It's just, it's just like Rankin Bass's Donald Trump. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> There'll be no more accurate. toys, okay? No more toys. I'm banning uh, all toys. Because uh, you know, like, he hurt himself, or like, nobody gave him the toy he wanted. Yeah. I'm banning all toys. Yeah. I can see that. Um, a baby arrives on his doorstep with a name tag reading Claus and a note requesting that Meisterberger raise the child. He instead orders his lawkeeper, Grimsley, also voiced by Paul Fries, to take the baby to the orphan asylum. He's like, nope, let me eat this I do kid. not want the baby! Uh, okay. Um, on the way there, a gust of wind bo- blows both sled and baby to the mountain of the Whispering Winds, which still... Yeah. Oh, fucking Emperor's New Groove, chef's kiss. Yes. Mountain of yes. the Whispering Winds, dude. Oh, so good. I'm one of these people that needs some sort of, like, sound to sleep to. Yeah, me too. And I've been on a real kick lately of, like, wind noises. Like, cold wind noises. Just fucking bundle up. Mm -hmm. Play the wind noises. Have a fan on. Oh, you gotta have a fan on. You're sleeping like a fucking baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, actually, I think I do. You like it really cold when you sleep, oh, too, right? You gotta. Oh, man, I've been sleeping with the windows open. I slept the so window open nice. last night, man. Whew. It was beautiful. Just you know, bundled up under your weighted blanket, let that cold hit mm. your face. Oh. I got this big-ass Calvin Klein blanket I bought from work last year. It's so fucking soft. Oh, man, you know, the best blanket I ever got, I got from Bed Bath & Beyond. And what did Rigby do? He destroyed it. Of course. Like he does. In his nature. Um, on the mountain of the Whispering Winds, animals hide from the unkind Winter Warlock, hmm. voiced by Keenan Wynn, and can conv- uh, convey him to an elvish family by the name of Kringle in Rainbow River Valley. Led by Tanta Kringle, voiced by Joan Gardner, the elf queen, she and the five Kringle elf brothers, Dingle, Wingle, Bingle, Tingle, and Zingle, all voiced by Paul Freeze. <laughs> It's a baby, Tingle. That's that's the voice. Yeah. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you gotta fucking do. It's like, wow. And it's all, you can tell it's the same dude, but. Yeah. He's just like, a baby? Yes, a baby. <laughs> like, oh, okay. All right. Uh, they adopt the baby and name him Chris. Which, 
I wonder why they named him Chris. Like, it totally flies in the face of their naming conventions. It's like Albus, Percival, Wolfric, Brian, Dumbledore. You have Dingle, Wingle, Bingle, Tingle, Zingle, and Chris. Chris. <laughs> and Chris spelled like Chris Jenner. Yeah. <laughs> K-R-I-S. <laughs> A few years later, Chris hopes to restore the Kringle family as the first toy makers to the king. When Chris is old enough, he volunteers to deliver the toys to Sombertown. Unfortunately, the Burgermeister has banned all toys from the town after tripping on a toy duck left on the steps of the city hall, causing him to break his legs. Deserves to break his legs. Yeah. Punk bitch. Little punk ass piece of shit. And he declares that anyone found possessing a toy will be imprisoned. Oh, I'd have a life sentence. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On his way to Sombertown, Chris meets a lost penguin whom he names Topper, as they evade the Winter Warlock who vows to catch him the next time he passes. Damn, Winter Warlock, you scary. You are scary. In the town, he offers toys to two children washing their stockings by a water fountain. He is stopped by Miss Jessica, voiced by uh, Robbie Lester, their lovely school teacher. But she softened towards Chris when he offers her a china doll as a peace offering. No. Smooth. Very. Smooth. As Chris gives more toys, the Burgermeister arrives to arrest the children, but Chris gives him a yo-yo. He at first happily plays with it, but Grimsley reminds him that he's breaking his own law, leaving Meister Burger to order Chris's arrest. As Chris and Topper return to the Kringles, the Winter Warlock's tree monsters capture him. It's basically like (laughs) Sam Raimi was like, Oh. Oh. What have we here? Hmm. I like I like the potential of this tree monster here. I'm like, hey, I got hmm. an idea about this. Let's hmm. sexualize the tree. Let's sexualize the tree. <laughs> no! What is any type of Groot fanfiction? <laughs> <laughs> Groot slash fig. Oh, God. Ugh. Groot slash stick. Oh, got him! Gotcha. But when Chris gives... The Winter Warlock, a toy locomotive as a present in exchange, the Warlock befriends Chris and his appearance changes. To repay him, he teaches Chris how to use the magic snowballs to see anywhere in the world. This reunites Chris with Jessica, who informs him that the Burgermeister had destroyed all the toys and children now want new ones. Chris promises to do so if the children behave themselves, promising to watch them through his magic snowball. It's those magic snowballs, man. Like the hostess ones? Those are magic. Those really are. They are. Big time. I love them. You just fucking un- unpeel the coconut part. Yeah. Marshmallow part from yeah. the cake part. And yeah. You have two treats now. Exactly. Um, I don't know what I'm getting on the way home. <laughs> when the Burgermeister hears that Chris means to bring more toys, he orders all doors and windows to be locked before their houses are searched. But Not that that's a fire hazard or anything. <laughs> No, definitely not. Just ask those textile workers from the fucking American Tale episode. Yeah. Uh, But Chris enters through the chimney, where children hung their stockings to dry by the fire, where he also hides toys. Bala. Thereafter, the Burgermeister sets a trap for Chris as he makes another delivery, and thus captures the Kringles, Topper, and Winter. Jessica pleads to release her friends, but he refuses. She then asks Winter Warlock to break everyone out, but he is unable to help them since he has no magic left, except some magic feed corn to make reindeer to fly. Mm. With Jessica and the reindeer's help, the Kringles, Chris, Topper, and Winter Warlock escape. 
and the Burgermeister swears that he and his descendants will hunt them down throughout the land and declare them as outlaws. Asshole. Right? After months as an outlaw, Chris hides within the woods, where he grows a beard as a disguise. After Tanta suggests that he return to his birth name, Claus, for safety. That's why I grew a beard for me. Because you're an outlaw? Yeah. Hmm. Wanted dead or alive. Yeah. Chris marries Jessica on Christmas Eve, and the group travel to the North Pole to build their own castle and workshop. That's baller. Right? Like a North Pole castle? Castle. Nobody builds fucking castles anymore. Nobody. As the years pass, Chris still has to travel by night because he's an outlaw. Eventually, as time goes by, the Meisterburgers die off and fall out of power, and the law becomes abolished. Suck it! The townspeople then look up to Chris and eventually canonize him as a saint, becoming Santa Claus, while Jessica becomes Mrs. Claus. Well, that's good that they didn't burn him at the stake for being a fucking magic, like, abomination for Mm. not aging. Yeah. Santa then decides to limit his journeys to one night a year and chooses the night or chooses the right night, Christmas Eve, the night of profound love. Just as Santa is getting ready to leave, Winter Warlock tells him that he has his magic powers back and guarantees the world a white Christmas. At the end, after Esty Kluver explains Santa, Santa's true meaning, he remembers that he still has to deliver to the children's letters Santa, and he leaves for the North Pole, joined by Topper, Winter Warlock, and the Kringle family, along with a parade of children seeing Santa Claus is coming to town during the credits. Aww. As they finally reach Santa's workshop, we see Chris and Jessica's shadows inside their castle. Santa steps outside and waves goodbye to the viewers as a group of children say Merry Christmas. That's so wholesome. So heartwarming. The special was created, again, using Japanese stop-motion animation called Animagic, in which all the characters are made out of wood and plastic and animated via stop-motion photography. The special was originally teleclassed December 13, 1970. Uh, it was on the ABC channel, and it continues to air every year on sibling channel ABC Family, now Freeform. Though both channels have, at times, edited the special to make room for commercials. Of course. ABC cut two songs, as well as cut two other songs in half. And uh, Freeform has cut several scenes that they believe may traumatize younger viewers, like Chris climbing and leaping to escape to prevent children from doing dangerous stunts. Uh, Yeah, kids are fucking stupid. They are. That's true. Winter Warlock, knowing Chris will return and telling him he will never escape, including the scene where Burgermeister Burgermeister torches the seized toys in front of the children of Sombertown. The DVD releases include these deleted scenes vital to the story's plot. In 2019, Freeform's print of the special included the 2002 Universal Pictures logo preceding the film due to their purchase of DreamWorks Animation in 2016. Um, And the scenes that were cut were originally added back as well. Fucking A. All is quiet on the Santa front until 1974, where we meet back up with a jolly old man, feeling a lot less okay and a lot more okay computer. No! In other terms, our boy in red was feeling a lot more blue. Santa, Santa Claus wakes up with a cold sometime before Christmas. His doctor, who thinks nobody cares about him anymore, advises him to make some changes to his routine. So Santa Claus decides to take a holiday instead of delivering gifts. Ooh. Mrs. Claus unsuccessfully tries to convince him otherwise, so she enlists two elves named Jingle and Jangle to find proof that people still believe in Santa. 
Jiggle and Jangle set out with Santa's youngest reindeer, Vixen, but are shot down by crossfire between the conflicting Miser brothers, Snow Miser, who controls the world's cold weather, and Heat Miser, who controls the world's warm weather. <laughs> These are the best two <laughs> characters just ever created. They're pretty fantastic. Heat Miser and Snow Miser, bro. I know. I, what can you say about them? You know what I mean? Other like, than they're fucking baller awesome. Anytime you hear that. You're like, oh, like, oh here it comes. That's it, man. That's all I need to fucking know. Sound like Donkey Kong. Here he comes now, the big hand. I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Snow. Really hot. <laughs> He's Mr. 
much. Too much. Jingle, Jangle, and Vixen come upon Southtown, a small town in the southern United States. They try to ask around, but they find the populace, including a young boy named Iggy, are skeptical of Santa's existence. Jerks. Yeah. To make matters worse, Vixen is ticketed by a policeman and later sent to the dog pound after Jingle and Jangle disguise her as an instant rover. Whoops. They just put pantyhose over her fucking antlers. <laughs> Look, okay. The policeman referred to the refer them to the town's mayor, who laughs at their story, but agrees to free Vixen if they can prove that they are elves by making it snow in Southtown on Christmas. Jingle and Jangle call Mrs. Claus to pick them up. Can elves even do that, though? Can what? Can elves do that? Can can they control the weather? No, but if you're a fucking dumbass southern mayor... Oh, good right? call. Oh, you're an elf? Make it snow! You're like, what? That's not even <laughs> how... Like, that's, that's not how this that's works. Not how, that's not how any of this works. Jingle and Jangle call Mrs. Claus to pick them up, and as she leaves, Santa discovers Vixen is missing and travels to Southtown himself to retrieve her. Gotta get the big man involved. Disguised as a civilian named Klaus. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Klaus. Uh, while there, he meets Iggy and his family. Iggy asks Klaus if he believes in Santa, and he replies he believes, like, I believe in love. Iggy's father reveals that Santa personally visited him one Christmas, and he still believes. When Klaus leaves with Vixen, Iggy realizes who Klaus really is, and resolves to help Jingle, Jangle, and Vixen. Puts two and two together. Yeah. Iggy joins Mrs. Claus when she arrives to pick up Jingle and Jangle, and together they visit the Miser Brothers. They have Snow Miser to send Snow down for one day in Southtown, but he cannot, as it is part of Heat Miser's territory. They ask Heat Miser, but he will only comply if Snow Miser gives him the North Pole for a day in exchange. The Miser brothers begin bickering, so Mrs. Claus asks their mother, Mother Nature, to help them out. (laughs) Come on, I'm going to tell your mother on you guys. (sighs) Which everybody's like, oh! Mother Nature convinces her sons to compromise, and they obey reluctantly. As Christmas approaches, the world's children send their own presents to Santa, setting off international headlines. However, one girl misses Santa Claus so bad that she writes him that she will have a blue Christmas without him. Santa, touched by the outpouring of generosity and appreciation, decides to make his journey after all. He's like, all right, fuck it. On Christmas Eve, he makes a public stop in Southtown during his snowfall. The next day, the children, including Iggy, are delighted to receive their presents. As the special ends, Mrs. Claus narrates that somehow, yearly... Newly, faithfully, and truly, Santa Claus always comes. Santa is shown getting out of bed to prepare himself, his reindeer, and his gift-loaded sleigh, remarking he could never imagine a year without a Santa Claus. As it should be. Right. Cast-wise, we have Shirley Booth as Mrs. Claus. Yep. It's her last role. Oh. Mickey Rooney. Yep. Playing, reprising his role as Santa Claus. Because this, is, perfect, right? because this is Santa Claus and Jessica yeah. from Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Yeah. Because Mrs. Claus has red highlights. Oh. Because she's old now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dick Sean as Snow Miser. George S. Irving as Heat Miser, who you will remember narrated the scary stories to tell in the dark books. Yeah. Yeah. Bob McFadden as Jingle Bells and the Doctor. Bradley Bulk as Jangle Bells and the police officer, Rhoda Mann as Mother Nature and Mrs. Thistlewhite, 
Ron Marshall as Mr. Thistlewhite and the mayor of Southtown, Colin Duffy as Ignatius Iggy Thistlewhite, Christine Winter as the Blue Christmas Girl, and the Wee Winter Singers as the Children Choir. The Wee Winter Singers. A live-action remake of The Year Without a Santa Claus premiered on NBC on December 11, 2006, and was released on DVD the following day. Wow, I don't remember that. You want to know why you don't? Because it's fucking horrible. I was going to say, was it that? Was it's, it bad? It's so bad, which is sad because the cast is insane, okay? Yeah. John Goodman is Santa Claus. Oh, man. Delta Burke is Mrs. Claus. Dude. Michael McKeon is Snow Miser. What the fuck? Harvey Fierstein is Heat Miser. Ethan uh, Supley is Jingle Bells. Eddie Griffin is Jangle Bells. Chris Kattan is Sparky. What? And it's like. How how do you get this fucking cast? Man. It's, it's just not good at all. And John Goodman is good at playing Santa Claus. Oh, hell Claus. yeah. Robot or yeah. real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know who else is good at playing Santa Claus? Is it Facty? It is Facty. Fuck yeah. When the children are naming off Santa's reindeer, one of them refers to Blitzen as Blister. This was not corrected to make the dialogue more endearing since young children often mispronounce words. That's true. Which is a fucking smart move. That is slick. Good um, idea. A Burgermeister is chairman of the executive council in many towns and cities in Germany. Oh. I always wondered what that was or if that was just like a made Something up made thing. made up. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a real thing. Makes me want a cheeseburger. I know. The painting hanging in Santa Claus's bedroom in The Year Without a Santa Claus is the same one that is put up in Town Hall at the end of Santa Claus's Coming to Town. Oh, perfect synchronicity. Yeah. Even though Rudolph is arguably the most popular of Santa's reindeers, he only makes a small cameo in Santa Claus's Coming to Town. Astaire's S.D. Kluger explained in the movie that it's because Rudolph's backstory is its own separate story. Yeah. Because, you know... Everybody knows Rudolph. Yeah. Santa Claus is Coming to Town was turned into a video game of the same name in November 2011 for the Nintendo DS and Wii. Wow. In the game, Chris Kringle has to deliver presents to the kids of Sombertown and collect letters on the Mountain of the Whispering Winds. There were also appearances by different movie characters such as Winter Warlock, Tonto Kringle, and Jessica. <laughs> like, oh, son of a bitch. Well, look at that. And with that, we come to the end of another Christmas special. We hope you and yours have a great holiday season, and we thank you for spending so much of your year with us. If you like what you heard and learned, and you'd like to help support us... Help give us a present. Oh, consider doing the following. You can follow us on all social media. We're at Toys R Us Podcasts across the board. You can leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Stitcher and Apple Podcasts especially help. Yeah. It's just a big thing for them. Big time. Uh, or you become a patron by going to patreon.com slash Toys R Us podcast. Until next time, remember, I'm too much. And remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid. I'd like to take the time out to thank our patrons. We couldn't do this without you. So thank you to Jeremy, Jessica, Nicole, Amy, Nicole, Nicole, Juanita, Sabrina, Shannon and Steven. Thanks a bunch, guys. 
You better watch out, you better watch out, you better watch out, you better watch out, you better watch out.